0: Hey, Matt, what's your morning routine?
1: I open my eyes. I have a bit of heartburn.
0: Literally can't believe that you don't wake up and immediately say, okay, I'm going to go make coffee.
1: I'm like a stupid lizard. So lizards don't drink coffee. But what I do is I sit and I wait for like three hours for my beautiful girlfriend to wake up. And then when she opens her eyes is when I break out Rula's coffee.
0: So what you're saying is you... Purchase Rootless Coffee at RootlessCoffee.com. For 20% off, you buy it with the code HANGOVER?
1: Yeah, without the code HANGOVER, you can't get it for 20% off. But with the code HANGOVER, you can get a bag of Rootless Coffee for 20% off at RootlessCoffee.com.
2: Comics Inebriated, a podcast about the history of fiction and nonfiction in comics, along with current events, hosted by comic creators Liana Kangas and guest Matt
0: Emmons. Hey everyone, welcome to Comics Inebriated. I am Liana Kangas, your host, and I'm with our other host, Matt Emmons.
1: I'm giving an emphatic hello tonight.
0: Mm. And today, we are actually joined by guest Corey McCreary.
2: Hi, I'm Corey McCreary, and I'm a 1990s Superman expert. And I am here today to talk to you about The Matrix Supergirl and Lex Luthor II. (laughs) (laughs) These are two wildly interconnected plots that are just absolutely insane and I'm excited to talk to you about them. To get started, in 1986 John Byrne rebooted Superman, relaunched the Superman title at number one, renumbered the original Superman title at Adventures of Superman, kept the numbering of action comics, but For all intents and purposes, this was a brand new version of Superman going forward in all three titles. And John Byrne stayed on the titles for about 22 issues apiece. Um, A little less for Action Comics because it spun off into a weekly magazine instead of a monthly magazine uh, midway through his run. But John Byrne was the writer and artist for most of them. Marv Wolfman was the writer for Adventure Comics for a little, or Adventures of Superman for a little bit. Um, Jerry Ordway was the artist of Adventures of Superman for the entirety of it. Cut to a couple of years later, John Byrne has very quickly decided he is no longer going to write or draw Superman. Just kind of gives editors like a one month notice. Respect?
1: I
0: get yeah. it. Um, no, no respect. respect. The guy's mm-hmm. an <laughs> asshole. Guy well, an okay.
2: asshole and he has done this multiple back. times to multiple editors.
1: I think it was really immature of him, actually.
2: <laughs> <laughs> My um, own
1: stance on it.
2: Like, <laughs> he just ditches the Superman books and leaves the editors floundering. The problem is that in his last month on the books he introduced a pocket universe.
0: Oh, perfect.
1: Pocket monster.
2: (laughs) No. In which there was originally a Superboy that got killed, and then after Superboy got killed, Lex Luthor became the preeminent hero of the universe. He just
0: dropped the bomb and was like, okay, bye. (laughs)
1: That's that's much cooler and I thought,
2: and to help protect the Earth, he discovered the Phantom Zone, and found out that there were people hiding in the Phantom Zone. Technically, they were actually imprisoned there, but they told him that they were hiding and that it was the survival zone.
0: And for DC, like non-DC, uh, ex- like fans the Phantom Zone, was this created just now, or was this already no, existing? No, no, this is
2: a Silver Age okay. concept.
1: Um, I just found out about it.
0: The Phantom <laughs> Zone is a place where Kryptonians
2: put their villains and okay. their, their evil um, people. Like, instead of jail, you got thrown into an alternate dimension. Right. For Not all eternity. Bad. No you
0: know, biggie. Whatever.
2: Um, so... The Phantom Zone criminals lied to Lex Luthor and told him that they were there to escape the descri- the des- uh, wow the destruction of Krypton. And naive and believe gullible Lex Luthor was like, Alright, I will let you out.
1: Tisk Tisk.
2: That sounds like a very Lex thing so, to do. Some
1: genius he is, yeah.
2: He lets them out and they destroy the earth. Like Flat out destroy it. Um, and so this alternate Lex Luthor creates a bioorganic matrix. Okay. That he bases on Lana Lang's DNA. Mm. And she becomes Supergirl.
0: What? Because. What?
2: he adds powers and abilities to this matrix. Okay. So she doesn't have all the powers and abilities of Superman at this point. Um, she is, she has psychokinetic powers. So like telepathy or not telepathy telekinesis. Mm-hmm. Um, and by using telekinesis, she can give herself the gift of flight and super strength and things like that.
0: Is this how Lana Lane was created? Or this is just a this is just a pull like no, giving her superpowers for the first time.
2: Yeah, this is giving okay. her superpowers for the first time. Um a lot of the things that John Byrne did during his run were riffs on the Silver Age concepts. Okay. But they were different enough. Um okay. So This is him introducing an alternate universe, Lana Lang, who has superpowers. Okay. But she's also a protoplasmic being. Of course, yeah. In addition to the telekinesis powers that she has, she also has invisibility, which that never really gets explained. Like,
0: It doesn't happen very often in DC, period. We have what Wonder Woman and
2: nope, nobody's Wonder invisible. Woman doesn't have invisibility for herself. She just oh, she does it for plan. yeah, the
0: plan. Um, yeah.
2: Martian Manhunter is the only big one I can think of. Yeah, for invisible characters in DC. Um, so this version of Supergirl can turn invisible, but the more important okay. part is that she's also a shapeshifter. Like Lana Lang is the basis of her body. But she can turn into whatever the hell she wants to.
0: So, like, beyond Beast Boy, we have Lana's just, like... Whatever. A giant monster that'll take over the city? I got Uh, two.
2: Giant is a little harder for her. She can increase or decrease her mass. Okay. But it's challenging for her. So I don't think she could actually do giant. But she She could could do She could be,
1: like, a a her-size, like, Rubik's Cube. She's like that. I can do for you, easy, like like a, like a, yeah. a tall um, lamp, absolutely, like mask that.
0: stays the same, but can turn into other objects. I mean, the mass doesn't stay the same. She can alter it. Okay. It's just really hard. Okay.
2: So if she wants to increase size, it's difficult, but she can do it.
1: I couldn't do any of it. So whatever she can do, it's better than what I can do. Who am I? I'm not gonna well, knock her.
2: In the process of rescuing this alternate universe, which has been decimated by these three Kryptonian prisoners that have been let out.
0: So she is essentially like, ah, shit, here we go again. Gotta save
2: (laughs) She goes to our Earth, like the Earth that our Superman lives on. Okay. And tells him, hey... We have problems. We have Kryptonians that have broken loose. We need your help. So he goes with her into this alternate universe, which, again, has been absolutely decimated. Like, we're talking nuclear war has happened on this Earth. Every city is decimated. There's a handful of human survivors... Fighting against three Kryptonians that have just decimated the planet. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Among these survivors are Hal Jordan, who's a a pilot but not a Green Lantern.
0: Okay. Bruce
2: Wayne, who has become a pilot but is not Batman.
1: I know both those names. I'm doing pretty good. (laughs) Two for two.
2: Lex Lex Luthor, who created the Biomatrix
1: that is Supergirl. I know him from earlier. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so he so what you're saying is is that all of our heavy hitters for DC Comics typically they're like
2: <laughs> They're fighter pilots, now, yeah. Produce, yeah. Get
0: out of here, you you dums Uh Lex Luthor, however, he's the hot one in this scenario. Like we're just focused on like
2: yeah. he's got he's got a full head of red hair and he looks attractive. All
1: right. Red hair. Okay. I, I right. Yeah, didn't
2: I know really that. Did. Canonically, Lex Luthor in all incarnations is a redhead. Lex Luthor is a ginger, he just loses his hair. (laughs) It's fine. Huh. So, Uh. Superman comes to their rescue, and Bruce Wayne and Hal Jordan and Oliver Queen all die.
1: Who's Oliver (laughs) Queen?
2: (laughs) Green Arrow. You have to explain
1: it to me, but I.
2: (laughs) Green Arrow. And okay. also, Lex Luthor dies. So now the only surviving person, and I use scare quotes is for that. Person
1: has finger quotes, yeah.
2: The Matrix that was based on Lana Lang. <sighs> okay. She's not actually Lana Lang. She was just based, based on the DNA of Lana Lang. Inspired the by. The
0: Avatar, if you will. A living OS avatar. And uh, then
2: three Kryptonian yeah. super criminals that have just wrecked Earth. Yeah, he can't fuck. John Burns Superman, and I have to stress this is John Burns Superman, executes the three Kryptonian criminals by exposing them first to gold kryptonite, which doesn't exist in his universe... But in their universe strips all kryptonians of their powers permanently.
0: Quick question. Superman expert. What is gold kryptonite? Yeah,
1: thank you. I was gonna I was tired describe. of what I was gonna say I just I know that of course. Have
0: never heard of.
1: <laughs>
2: gold <laughs> Kryptonite is a silver age creation again. Okay. That does exactly what I just said it does. It strips kryptonites of their powers forever. And so, Damn. the pocket universe that John Byrne created was a replica of the Silver Age universe. So,
0: so one of the heavy hitters being the gold kryptonite existing, right? And stripping mm-hmm. the three the multiple villains.
2: types of yeah. kryptonite existing because oh, okay, all kinds
1: of flavors, strawberry, chocolate.
2: Yeah, in post-crisis yeah. universe, only green kryptonite existed at this right. point in time. Yeah. Eventually, others all all would be introduced. Um, but in Pre-Crisis, you had Green Kryptonite, which was your normal flavor, makes Kryptonians weak and kills them. You had Gold Kryptonite, which strips some of their powers permanently. You had Red Kryptonite, which was introduces a weird change that lasts about 48 hours. Like, occasionally, mm-hmm. Superman would have an ant head.
1: Things yeah, like that.
2: Love
0: this one. This one needs to be brought back immediately. That's, that's a. Oh, well, it of a got brought movie. back eventually. It's fine. Um, so what you're you saying had... is you're going to come on for another episode.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you had white kryptonite, which was only effective to plants. You had blue kryptonite, which was only effective to bizarros. Like, you had all of these different flavors of kryptonite in the Silver Age. And it was one of the weird, really bizarre things of the Silver Age.
0: Which is one of the things John Byrne got
2: rid of for the most part. He brought it back for this arc, with the gold kryptonite, only for these criminals. Okay. On top of that, after Superman stripped them of their superhuman abilities, he then exposed them to green kryptonite, which kills them. Like, just flat out executed
1: them. Sometimes you gotta...
0: It's like the insurance that not only... So he was essentially like every rule, don't care. Uh, and also um, editor, I'm gonna kill these people off. And then, and okay, then I'm gonna bounce. And then, actually, I'm just gonna do whatever I want. And so, then I'm gonna so bounce. Everybody... Because this was literally the last thing John
2: Byrne did on the Superman books. Was have Superman kill three people and
1: then bounced. Does he not does he not kill people? Is that a thing he does? No, he doesn't! But Superman he Superman doesn't kill! Yeah. I I just heard that he killed three people. Yeah. I so think
0: the only instance. <laughs> this is so, why John Burns... Superman <laughs> goes back to
2: our Earth. And by our Earth, I mean the one that he exists on. Yeah. And he has a psychotic break.
1: Oh, I thought he'd be so yeah,
2: because he has guilt over killing these people. Like at he least though, has, so has for, a psychotic
0: break for writing the character, and you know that you're doing something wrong. At least you were like, oh, some guilt and penance in here. No, okay, no, that was the writer's afterburn. That was
2: yeah. the, that was literally the writer's afterburn, trying to fix his mess. <laughs> That was Jerry Ordway and Roger Stern going, fuck, Uh, how do we fix this?
0: Okay, okay, that now makes sense. Okay,
2: good. So they (laughs) gave him a psychotic break, made him have fugue states where he became a vigilante instead of Superman, and then decided to protect the people of Metropolis, he was going to just fucking leave Earth.
0: I think I never want to read these comics because your description of them is 10 times better.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't mean, I
0: actually...
1: No but disrespect, but to those right writers, After John yeah.
0: Byrne leaves
2: is so good. And I encourage yeah. everybody to read, um, read this era. It's currently collected in the Exile and Other Stories Omnibus. Mm -hmm. and like it's written by jerry ordway who was a writer and artist at the time it's written by roger stern who becomes a uh, a prominent superman writer over the course of the series um and like they fix what john byrne broke they just (laughs) go about it by making him leave earth and come to terms with the consequences of his actions
0: the most wild writing prompt and/or challenge. Someone's <laughs> gonna come fuck this up. Can you try and fix it for our licensing? Thank you. And then, so incredible, incredible. In the meantime, he also brought Matrix
2: back to Earth with him. And okay. now I'm. I, I must emphasize again that Matrix is a shapeshifter.
1: Yeah, she might I, not be chill.
2: Actually, I don't think I mentioned that part. She's a no, you did. Yeah.
1: She yeah, can yeah, be yeah. like a lamp or a Rubik's cube yeah. that's around the same size.
2: No, yeah. I did mention that. That's right. But she's a shapeshifter. Yeah,
0: and not actually Lana Lang, right? Like, and not is... actually
2: Lana Lang. Her actual yeah. her actual base state is if you had a wad of purple chewing gum.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I do. I have it here. <laughs>
2: Like if you choose, to know that
0: it's such a powerful being. <laughs> it's like if you hey, choose
2: some purple chewing gum for a good twenty minutes or so, so you've got that good teeth mark in it. Uh. That's what she looks like in her base state, but what molded into a humanoid form? So like all wrinkly and crap and kind of gooey looking.
1: Oh, that's So was my... like the hobo yeah. ditto
0: of, of oh. DC yeah, pretty
1: comics. Much. Yeah, I don't yeah. have ditto as is, and then you make ditto like that. Frankly, no. So yeah, ugh.
2: that's her base state, and he brought her back to our Earth in that base state. Except she also had some like white hairs growing out of her head. Whatever. Oh
1: no! From dropping know, around like or something. Yeah, yeah.
2: It it's collates, like you rolled they're... that you rolled that chewing gum around on the floor and it picked up some hair.
0: Oh, my gosh. incredible! <laughs> this so, is actually by far probably one of the most intense uh, origin stories I've ever heard of a DC so... character. <laughs> He drops She's her totally at his parents' weird.
2: house and is
0: like, "Hey, Ma, Pa, can you take care of her?" In the middle of Kentucky, like just Kansas, Kansas. Sorry, oh. yeah, Kansas. Kansas yeah, yeah. Like, just
2: Ma, Pa, can you take care of her? She doesn't really know Earth,
0: and so then, of course, his parents are like, "Sure, honey." Exactly, yes. Yeah. On par like, yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. God, geez,
1: whatever. Do they do it because they have to, or do, do they do no, it because they want, want really. They're good
0: people, man. I don't know. Because <laughs> we are the southern parents. And but we to take care of it all.
1: But like there's never a moment where they're like, I swear to God, I don't <laughs> oh, know. Oh no, there are many of those moments. Okay, I was Absolutely. gonna say, as long as there's okay, moments where they're like I don't know about So
0: non-human being.
2: Superman leaves yeah. Earth and that poses a problem for the fact that Clark Kent has also just basically disappeared, right?
1: He's having a tough time. I heard he's stressed. Well,
2: like, his excuse is that he's breaking a story on a huge mafia expose, essentially. He's lying. About inner gang And, like, he's, he's
1: sunglasses on.
2: He left all of his exposes with his parents to file remotely for him.
1: <laughs> now he's making them learn about faxing. What year is this? You know, is this internet age? Or uh,
2: this... this would be like Come 1988,
1: on. 1989. Oh, you're faxing. Yeah. I oh,
0: I, I don't faxing. know.
1: That's a lot to ask of, of Kansas parents.
0: Oh, viewers absolutely. could not see, but all three of us just died. at the term of faxing and the fact that it existed in comics so
2: he left them his stories and that was his excuse for just basically fucking disappearing but there's still people that are suspicious and they start calling the kents and asking where he is and matrix overhears one of these conversations and realizes that if this person doesn't see clark kent soon There's going to be problems. So she morphs into Clark Kent and heads to Metropolis on her own.
1: That seems bad. That sounds
2: terrible. However, by the time she gets to Metropolis, Superman comes back to Earth. So now there's a problem of this random Clark Kent here. And also Superman is back and Clark Kent is back. And he is able to eventually convince her that she's not Clark Kent, Which is and true. at that point she leaves Earth and goes off on her own exile to discover herself.
1: She's going to Margaritaville.
2: <laughs> Which brings me to my next point. During all of this, Lex Luthor has been around. I thought he and died. Hold on. Oh, no other Hold on. Uh,
1: okay. I'm talking
2: about our Lex Luthor, not
1: yeah, my not neighbor her Lex Luthor. I, yeah.
2: Her Lex Luthor died. Our Lex Luther is kinda of fine.
1: Mm. And by oh. kinda
2: of fine, I mean that he had a kryptonite ring that he wore for a long time. Kryptonite, for those who don't know, is a radioactive element. That predominantly hurts Kryptonians, but it's also radioactive. Uh, and you know what radioactive elements tend to do?
0: Cancerous.
1: Turn you into uh, a super mutant from Fallout 4.
2: <laughs> I mean, yes, but Liana is also right, they are also cancerous.
1: Yeah, probably yeah. more that, I'll be honest. Yeah.
2: Um He starts to get a weird cancer in his hand. Where, you know, he's wearing a ring 24 hours a day to keep Superman away from him.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: He gets his hand amputated.
1: Oh, okay.
2: This happened in a DC comic? Which is fine, you know, whatever. He gets a robot hand like like. Dang. Luke you can then wear the ring on you're trying. Yeah. Um, however, he didn't get a- amputated soon enough and the cancer has spread to his whole body. Damn. So now we have a cancer-stricken Lex Luthor who has cancer because of his own devices because he wanted to keep Superman away from him. And he the decides entrance. that what he needs to do is test fly his new plane. Which is set to set a world record for Airspeed around the world travel.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So he's set to co pilot this because he wants to do this one last thing before he dies. Though he has not announced that he's sick at all to the general
1: public, just
0: I'm, right.
1: I bet they'd know you can't not see that.
0: Well, if this modifier is bald already, but <laughs> he
1: doesn't have a hand. <laughs> If suddenly you're like, I have a hand, and you're like, I have less hand.
0: No, mm-hmm. he wears a glove
1: over it. Nobody knows that. He he has, has yeah,
0: less yeah. DC Comics, Matthew, get out of here. Like,
1: I don't know. Nobody
2: knows that he has less hand. It's
1: fine. You lose weight. You lose weight too. Uh, yeah.
2: Okay. okay. Um. A, he did <laughs> not actually undergo chemotherapy. He was already bald. We have to.
0: We have. <laughs> we have to know. We have to know what the final yeah, what like intersection that? is between Matrix and our Lex Luthor.
2: I'll get there.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give
2: me a moment.
1: <laughs> I'm here.
2: So Lex gets on this experimental plane to do the round the world in 80 minutes or whatever bullshit that he's got. And right around the time he hits the Andes Mountains in South America, he hits the eject seat on his co-pilot so his co-pilot just flies out and then he, he slams the plane into a fucking mountain because he's like no, if I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die
1: on my fucking terms
0: oh my god
1: what a diva
0: <laughs> I mean, you know... wouldn't you if
2: no, I had be- the to kill yourself via jet plane, wouldn't you I'm not gonna wreck
1: that- the insurance involved on that you're I have Matthew's there. like
0: running a company. Kind of I have look, like run through the receipts here. I'm not doing You're that. You're Luther, not... who cares about your fucking employees?
1: Does he have eyebrows? Yes, and they're red. See, then then no, I wouldn't do any. If I had no eyebrows, I would do it. But if I have eyebrows, I'm fine. I'm just a boy. <laughs> it's different.
2: All right. So Lex kills himself. Nobody knows that he actually killed himself. They just think it was an I know. accident. We
1: know about it now.
2: <laughs> and his company just goes into a fucking spiral. Because See? he is the CEO and the only person that has knowledge of fucking anything. So LexCorp just goes down the fucking tubes. Which in turn starts a recession in Metropolis because. Almost all of Metropolis is reliant on LexCorp because he owns everything in Metropolis. All right, so Lex is dead. His company is floundering. Mm -hmm. They are desperately searching for a will. And they finally find a will. And in his will, he leaves everything to his previously unknown... Son, Lex Luthor the second. This
0: is where Lex Luthor Junior comes in.
2: It is where Lex Luthor Junior comes in. I thought that was the dead yeah. one. Yeah, no, that's
0: Lex <laughs> Luthor Junior.
2: <laughs> so I... suddenly, everything in LexCorp belongs to Lex Luthor Junior, who
0: nobody
1: knows. And he's like eight. How old is he? Twenty-one.
0: Different. Exactly. Okay. Better. Exactly. made sure, yeah. He's responsible. It turns out he's Australian.
1: As you are wont to do at age 21.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so they finally find Lex Luthor II, who is the son of Lex Luthor and Lex Luthor's primary care physician, Dr. Gretchen Kelly, who has been his primary care physician for a couple of decades, but they had a one-night stand, and it became a son. Yolo.
1: These things happen.
2: It became a son. It became. A sun. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lex Luther Jr. was raised in Australia by foster parents who died in a fire. Yep. Of course, yeah, I, I mean not in a friend, So
1: that's a risk you take as a foster parent. Yeah. <laughs> fire come to you. Um, yeah.
2: But they find him. And they bring him back to Metropolis, and he is super business savvy and rescues the floundering company and becomes the hero of Metropolis, in addition to Superman.
0: The hero we needed.
2: Turns out there's more to this story. What actually happened... You remember that plane crash? Mm-hmm. Where Lex Luthor's remains were found.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: there's a twist, isn't there?
0: It was Matrix, wasn't it? It was Matrix. It was not Matrix. Oh, Hold man. on. So it was. I don't have. A guess. What had
2: happened is Lex Luthor found a hobo on the streets. Man, had his and primary and care important. physician faked the medical records of said hobo. Gretchen.
0: Wow. Gretchen!
1: Gretchen, I
2: trusted you. And then right before the plane crashed in the Andes, he put the homo in the pilot seat and ejected himself. Uh... So that when the remains were found, it would show that it was Lex Luthor because the medical records had been switched.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: In the meantime, he took himself to Australia... Where he had a secret cloning facility.
1: Damn. So who is his own son? Hold on here. <sighs> we got nothing they left to hold on. They his brain and eyes out of his head. Why
0: his eyes? I don't
1: know, but because they're connected to the brain, it's not that easy. It's comics. Duh. They still believe in. <laughs>
0: This is why Corey was like, hold on a second. Yeah. <laughs> gave him telepathic powers so that
1: yeah, he could still yeah.
2: communicate when he was just a brain. Oh my
0: god. And then
2: started to clone him a new body.
0: This is where his son comes in. I cannot.
1: And I then he chooses to have an Australian accent. He's like, I can have it. I can get an accent. And he just.
0: That's really not, all. That not all. That is not
2: all.
1: He chooses to be taller. I would. To I be would. Fitter. I would do that. Oh, of course.
2: Yeah.
0: To have an Australian accent.
1: I would do that too.
0: Who wouldn't want the Australian accent? <laughs> and here is here is
2: the best part. At one point during the origin story of Lex Luthor II, the brain screams.
0: And the hair. <laughs> like, actually, like, speech bubble is coming from the brain during yes. this run. Yes. Oh, absolutely. So, that's 100% the cover of this entire podcast. And I will, I will send not you. I'll you like
1: that on my chest.
0: Fantastic. Yeah.
2: So, Lex Luthor II, I, I didn't discuss his physical appearance at all. He is the perfect specimen of a human male. Like he is buff. He is tall. Like 6'4. He's
0: perfect. the Chris Hemsworth of that's the like Australian perfect
2: build. Yeah, that's but too he tall, also man. has a full mane of red hair. Oh. And I'm talking long <laughs>
1: He's red doing hair. it cuz he can, and not cuz it looks full good. Full
2: mane of red hair no. along with a red chin strap beard. He's looking
1: like a Australian Fabio.
2: No, he's looking like an Australian Tom Taylor.
0: I'm oh my gonna,
1: god. Oh my I'm gonna Google Tom Taylor tonight. I'll let you know how I feel. Liana knows.
0: Liana this knows is by Tom far like. probably the best description of any DC character that's ever walked the earth. Tom Especially Taylor, with the addition Tom of Taylor
2: but Ginger with long hair. That is, is Tom all Taylor. A treat? know. Is he, is he good to look at?
1: <laughs> <What do laughs> we, what? No. No. These are pictures of a boy. Of a young boy.
2: Oh, oh my god! So, Lex Luther the uh, second uh, is actually the clone of Lex Luthor the
0: first, just with his brain
2: mixed with the genetic code of Gretchen Kelly, so that he could actually pass her off as his mom, but also with Lex Luthor the first brain.
1: But so also the hair. hair. I'm. Yeah.
2: This is still the Lex Luthor that we know and hate. Mm -hmm. Just Um, in a a fantastic, fabulous new body. And here is where we get the part where Matrix and Lex Luthor II interconnect. Because Matrix returns to Earth as Supergirl. mm -hmm. And I'm talking your standard blonde Superman costume Supergirl. That is the the form she has decided on as her own and that's great i love that
1: yeah they're so happy for her
2: however she has distinct memories of her lex Luthor, who had the full mane of red hair but not long and no chin strap beard but it, he looked a lot like this similar enough yeah lex luther and she was in love with her. Oh, no.
1: I didn't say it, but I did call it. I, my brain earlier was thinking love, and I was like, I'm not going to interrupt.
2: Was in love with her Lex
1: Luthor. Mm-hmm.
2: And so she sees this version, and is immediately
0: enamored.
1: I mean, he's got a chin Does strap. Does she
0: know he's different, though, because he is junior? And she knows that
2: she's not, he's not the same as her Lex. He's just okay. spicier, yeah. But he
1: different.
2: also, like, this Lex builds a persona for himself mm-hmm. where he is the altruistic hero. He's not his daddy's Lex Luthor.
0: Every narcissist does. Every. Time. Right.
2: No, yeah. he is. He does heroic things, but they're all self serving, they're to make himself more popular than Superman. And, like, when Superman dies, he has a problem because he's not the one that kills Superman. Right. Like, he has severe mental problems with not being the one that did that. Right. But all this time, he's dating Supergirl, and he's gaslighting the hell out of her. He is putting on the public persona of, I'm the nice guy. Well, behind closed doors and outside of her line of sight, he's still murdering people. He's still the terrible person that he always has been. It's just he's better about putting on the public persona and acting nice around her.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: It's your stereotypical abusive relationship where all of the signs are there but the person being abused doesn't realize it the person that's being abused is oblivious to all of the awful things that this person is doing because they're also being abusive towards them in different ways yeah Yikes. um they date for approximately 30 issues
1: <sighs> can't even pretend to know what and, that is in the actual time
2: oh Okay, and let, let me put this in a mild term. This is 30 issues of one comic. At the time,
0: there were yeah. four Superman comics. Yeah.
2: So this is approximately <laughs> like, 120 issues of them dating.
0: I mean, that's like literally their entire lives. This been. makes
1: me out of breath. You know what I mean? Which, like, I
0: like,
2: they start dating in like 1991 and break up in like 1994. Okay. The thing that breaks him up is Lex Luthor II gets a clone disease.
0: Ah, uh, came back, Karma. Deal breaker. That's a, that's a deal breaker
2: well, no, no that's not what actually is the deal breaker, but like, well, this is part amazing. of the story, is that all of the clones that were created by this same individual and the company that he worked for Start to develop basically clone AIDS.
0: Jesus Christ! (laughs) Like it's this was in the uh... nineties. It was in the nineties.
1: Nineties comics for sure.
2: It's like a wasting disease. So like they start to get thinner and
0: they waste away.
2: They waste away and like lose their hair and everything else. So at this point around Action Comics 700 or so, Lex is starting to get hit with this disease because he's a clone. And he loses his hair again. It all just falls out. Mm -hmm. He begins to waste away. And he gets more and more aggressive and angry. And that's when Supergirl can see... Oh shit, he's been manipulating me all along. He's a terrible person. He lost the hair.
0: Yeah. I was worried about her for a minute there.
2: And she beats the shit out of him. Okay. In his sickened state.
0: Abuse begets abuse. Yeah. I I feel like this is definitely like somebody who wrote this.
1: Yeah. Definitely. Somebody didn't, somebody Uh, didn't learn their whole lesson. Yeah.
0: And then Lex
2: Luthor II declares war on Metropolis. <laughs>
0: as the so... supervillain does. Yeah.
2: Starts sending missiles all over the place, blows up the Daily Planet, blows up a couple of other landmarks around town, finally gets caught by Superman, put in a stasis chamber because he's dying. They find a cure to the clone disease. The clone, the cure doesn't revert him back to his, you know, full-bodied Australian self.
1: Yeah, no Tom Taylor anymore.
0: No but Tom back Taylor to, anymore. like, a regular Lex Luthor-level body? <laughs> yeah, no. Regular... regular
2: Lex Luthor is overweight. Mm-hmm. This Lex Luthor is wasted away. Okay. Uh...
0: But at stasis of where he was, period.
2: Yeah, at stasis, and also, st- again, bald again. mm mm-hmm. um, Just to finalize things, Lex Luthor, now in this decrepit clone body, gets approached by Neron, who is one of the, ver- the few devil figures of DC, to sell his soul. And so Lex Luthor sells his soul in return for his original body and that's how we get the the stereotypical slightly overweight bald lex luthor both hands back in the dc universe
0: this saga was such a roller coaster just to end at you know like when you're on a roller coaster and you have the slow go stop and, and there's nothing afterwards it's the most, most lackluster ending it, this was the most intense ride of a Lex Luthor story. Just to be like, ha, 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 I sell my soul to start from the beginning. And by beginning, I mean his very, uh, you know, uh, basic bitch life that had. I mean, you this know, one would eventually person. go
2: on to be president of the United States of America. Right. Fine. Right. It's just at this point, he was back in an a slightly obese body with no hair
1: but you got your hands what what i'm gonna right. say he Got his
2: hands and he got no cancer it's fine that's true
1: pretty okay deal to me i'm gonna say this whole time i heard uh uh lex luther jr and i was like this is like young sheldon this is, that's uh, literally, I was like, I can't wait to hear about all the wacky antics boy Lex Luthor got up to. So this is different than that. I'm oh yeah, boy sure. howdy.
0: I did not know it was going to be the clone of I him. I didn't know it
1: wasn't going to be in, a clone.
0: Because, you know, uh DC, magic, I can do whatever I want. So it's definitely me in this clone's body. I
1: Incredible. do like how realistic it all was though.
0: It's 100% could happen.
1: I think it did it did
0: oh my gosh incredible (laughs) i have to say like i'm really excited to have you on one because we knew each other already and we were talking earlier before recording that it's funny because matt actually doesn't know you so this is the first time we're recording with somebody that only i know yes and so i have the upper hand here (laughs) finally
1: but earlier you were before we started recording you were like I'm really nervous. Cause Corey's really cool. And I was it's like, well, true. I'm fine because I don't know how cool Corey is. But then I thought about it and I was like, now I'm nervous. Cause you're nervous. Yeah. yeah. Now, now Corey's nervous too.
0: <laughs> Corey's like, no, I'm not.
1: <laughs> no, I tried. It was a good effort.
0: Um, Corey, number one, can you tell our listeners, uh, something about you? One, one to two things. Uh, Maybe how you are in the realm of comics, and also like why you love comics, and then number two, tell us what you're drinking.
2: All right, um, I am in the realm of comics as a an Eisner award-winning comics journalist for Women Write About Comics. Um, <clears throat> where I'm a writer and an editor. Um, I also contribute to a bunch of other sites: uh, Comics XF, Comics Beat, and uh, most recently um, Comfort Food Comics um and what got me into comics is the death and return of superman which is part of what we'll be talking about today so um like it's the biggest touch point of my comics fandom and it's why i'm here so
0: what's wild is i remember meeting you based off of uh you commissioning me for a friend of a sexy cyclops number one best prompt ever <laughs> cannot lie honestly probably and it's probably one of my favorite commissions i've ever done and number two we then spent months talking about and or other commission stuff related to x-men exclusively and excalibur and so the fact that you were like i'm gonna pick dc either donna troy or we're gonna do lex luther jr i was like when you mentioned Lex Luther Jr., I was like, all in, because I was like, I know nothing. Let's do this.
2: <laughs> See, the weird thing is that is that my X-Men fandom is
1: relatively new.
2: Like, it's in the last year that my X-Men fandom has exploded.
1: Is Donna Tara Troy X-Men?
2: No, Donna Troy is Teen Titans. And that was my <laughs> original topic, but I don't think I could explain it well drunk, so... <laughs>
0: I think, too, like, what I have to call you out for in the best way ever, no shade whatsoever, is that you are the most organized fan I have ever met in my life. And, like, it's your profession. It's your job. And you take it to such an unreal level where I was like, what X-Men should I read? And you're like, ho, ho, ho. (laughs) Let me just send you this X-Men spreadsheet of every run and every issue (laughs) that you could possibly read. And I was like... I have so much respect for Corey. It is unreal, unreal. Yeah, Matt, you don't Anyways, know. Anyway, that's when I became obsessed.
1: How could I? have? I,
2: I read six thousand X Men issues over the last year and a half. What?
1: There's six thousand. One is there more than that? Yeah, probably. <laughs> what?
2: No, no, that I I that all? read all of X Men. All of it. Oh my
1: god! I used to be all high and mighty because I've caught every Pokemon, and then you're like, "Oh, fix I've done nothing.
0: <laughs> I think you all listener, all the listeners here need to realize you need to get on Corey's level. Okay. Yeah, yeah it, you need to read story. all six thousand issues. Yeah. Though
2: I do my probably know from resolution was to read all of X Men, and I did it by the end of October.
0: That is wild. Wait, is this when you finalized the spreadsheet when I finally read it? Is that this this what? now checks out. I'm just mentally coming to the conclusion that I that's probably when I saw the spreadsheet.
2: No, you saw the spreadsheet when I was in the middle of it. Okay. But the okay. spreadsheet was already filled completely out. It just had an extra row of columns where I put whether I had read something or not.
0: Okay so do you bring this level of detail and extremity to your work in comics because as you started to started with is that you are uh now eisner winning editor congratulations by the Mm. way you know i was screaming on twitter about that (laughs) um
1: i would have had i known
0: yeah and do you bring this to like different aspects of your life as well not just when you're because i like that completionist aspect in reading comics i'm not even joking i have like tabs behind me on all my books of what i haven't read so like i wish i was at that level (laughs) (laughs)
2: uh yeah like when i do a reading project i like to make a spreadsheet for myself because it keeps me on task um Mm -hmm. it's something to keep me to give me goals and to keep me on pace like um, specifically for my X Men one, I had here are the number of books I need to read per day to hit my goal. Absolutely. And it was, I needed to read 19 comics a day. And, I, like, I would usually. Oh my it, God! <laughs> I would usually hit it, and on weekends, I would surpass it. Like, because on a weekend, you can sit down and read for hours. Um, That's
0: almost two trades a day, right?
1: Were there moments where that would work?
2: Depending on the length of trade. Um, for my Superman project that I'm currently in, I don't have a set timeline for it, but I'm currently averaging about eight comics a day. Wow. And it takes a little longer because I'm writing as I go, because this is for a long-form series of articles that I'm doing, um... And I'm also keeping track of my word count per article. So, okay. okay yeah. uh, currently, I have written 34 articles, and only two have been published. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> um, Matt and I are just like, we're done. By the <laughs> time this premiere you, is, more will have been published, <laughs> because we're aiming for a two-a-week schedule, but... Um, yeah, I've got thirty four in the can, and probably by the end of the month, I'll have up to fifty. Like, I I have writ, I have it all in one Google sheet or one Google uh, doc, and I'm currently up to I think eighty five pages somewhere around there.
0: Oh my
1: god! You said two? Is that two week for the whole year? You've got to get what hundred ten or uh, twenty weeks or. <laughs>
2: So the original estimate that I gave the editor of the pieces is, I estimated 97 pieces, but then I Uh hit the death of Superman, and I started going from, like, I had originally planned for one piece per arc, and I hit the death of Superman, and my word count got too high. (laughs) So it became, for the death and return of Superman, it became one piece per issue,
1: how many issues okay. how many issues are in that as someone who uh, doesn't
2: there are 7 issues in the death 9 in the <laughs> er, 9 in funeral and 20 something in the return so, so I'm currently at over 100 a over 100 pieces that I have planned out and that's barring any other arcs that require me to go further in depth
1: okay now, That is.
0: We have the actual Superman expert here on our podcast, Corey. Uh, Can you tell us what your drink of choice is and what you invited us to share drinks with you?
2: Yeah, so my drink of choice is margarita. However, I am a (laughs) dum-dum.
0: I would say also maybe uh, a bit of a MacGyver. Also
2: a bit of a MacGyver, yes. And... Well, I purchased tequila and triple sec. I completely spaced on ordering limes or lime juice and also margarita salt. Like completely spaced all of the non-alcoholic parts of a margarita. So I mean,
0: the alcoholic ones are the most important, so right, right.
1: You got the two things you need. Yeah, so, I yeah. think you're fine.
0: So what
2: I wound up doing is I I looked over our kitchen and we had a bag of clementines left over from when I made fruit salad for Christmas. And I'm like, that'll work. That's citrus, right?
0: MacGyver, as I said, <laughs> perfection. You, you
1: said, did you say tangerines or oranges? I forget.
0: Clementines.
1: Clementines. You didn't say either of those. When you said Clementines for Christmas, I was like, Yeah, of course, the classic Christmas food. And then okay, I Okay,
2: so I make a fruit salad for Christmas. That
1: makes more sense now.
2: Where it's whipped cream and various fruits oh, no. and also Snickers. And that's the entirety of the, the what? dessert. We're
0: gonna spend thirty minutes dissecting no. this fruit salad. You that's so what excited we're actually it. Doing
1: it. I'm ups- I have heartburn again. I'm glad. I I hope you like it. I I love
0: that when our listeners listen to this, they'll be like, what holiday are they talking about? Christmas? Oh, okay. Mm -hmm." Yeah, fruit salad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I had a bag of clementines. I juiced four and
2: a half of them to make enough juice for my margarita. one. Incredible. And uh, so I've got a margarita with an orange on it and made of orange juice and use sugar to rim the glass instead of salt and it's fantastic
0: this will forever be known i'm going to start recipes for the podcast and this will be forever known as the lex luther jr
1: that's a really great wow
0: that's a really good idea that is
1: we can I am going to try for there.
0: you everything I got you.
1: We can't even forget and I, I
0: Oh my god yeah. that's so appropriate nice
1: <laughs> so, I that's a yeah.
0: Um my version was grapefruit juice so I actually clearly uh, we must have like an ESP connection or something cuz I was like oops forgot margarita stuff so I have grapefruit juice and tequila so very close not quite the clementines cuz that's very like I feel like that's a very like high level. Like that's some good shit, right? There.
1: Fresh squeezed is
0: mm-hmm.
1: up here. My hand is above right. my head.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: That's yeah. Um, had had we at any point talked about margaritas before this?
0: On the email, but
1: I didn't. I. <laughs> yeah, I, don't I, was like, I, <laughs> I don't
0: read the emails. No,
1: no, I do. I don't know that. I. 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 I if we can check and see if I was cc'd in there, <laughs> because sure you forgot the things that aren't the tequila and the triple sec. So sure, what? Sure, sure. But what I don't have, and I didn't think about till now, I don't have tequila, triple sec's in the other room. I didn't put it in. I'm drinking Kahlua. I'm drinking a homemade uh, Kahlua. So that's the
0: Christmas, like it follows the Christmas,
1: Christmas. is over though. Okay. So. But yeah, <laughs>
0: Lex with Junior. drink that's solely done around Christmas time. But this, Love it.
1: I just one thing I gotta say though, this is homemade Kahlua. I'm not buying that junk ass bottle and drinking that. This is home brewed for a month, and then you put some vanilla almond milk and then you drink it. And that's I all I have to say that. about it. I
0: appreciate
1: it. I'm sorry, it's not a margarita.
2: No, that's fine. <laughs> I'm not a fan of coffee, so Kahlua doesn't do it
1: for me. This is the only thing I drink coffee with.
0: (laughs) More chocolate milk. I remember
2: when I was when I was a teenager, and my mom would buy Kahlua candy in Mexico. And what those were was essentially, you know, the chocolate-covered cherries that you get around Christmas time.
1: Mm -hmm. No, I don't know about that.
2: It's those, that but instead of the cordial cream and the cherry inside, instead it's just a half a shot of Kahlua.
1: That sounds good. I remember
2: though. those. Yeah, I've never seen that. It's fine. And um. so like you, you yeah. Okay. And you get a half a shot of Kahlua along with the chocolate, so it's like a mocha. This Ooh.
1: tastes like that.
2: Um. And okay. my mom would buy jars of them that were like... <laughs>
1: Like She's ready to go. Jars yeah.
0: in Mexico for, like, $10. And then, That's wild, because yes. my mom, too, that was, like, her her drink. Like, when I was growing up, I'm like, there's so much Kahlu in the house all the time. Why? That's you know expensive. What I, mean? I didn't know what it was, you know? You know, and in Mexico, it's super cheap.
2: And, <laughs> like, well, man. my mom would just bring home these gallon jugs of candies and as a teenager, she didn't notice them going missing, because...
1: Was she going to count them? Yeah. Who's,
2: who's <laughs> going to miss one or two every couple of days? Like...
0: Exactly. Um, so, this has been insane, and we have a lot of work to do with like creating these recipes, and I'm going to draw all these cool things, but in the meantime, Corey, where can we find you, and what projects can you talk about that's coming up next?
2: Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Marie 21 Almost everything I do will be posted on there at some point or another. Um, You can also follow my writing at Women Write About Comics um, where I do a monthly DC column along with reviewing Hellions and Excalibur on a monthly basis. Uh, You can find... Other writing at Comics XF, where I write about uh, the Immortal Hulk and X Factor and Power Rangers and Commanders in Crisis. And you can find me on the beat, where every three weeks you will hear, see me writing about DC Comics. And most importantly, for the topic of today, um, you can find me at Comfort Food Comics where I am currently undergoing a series of articles where I review the entirety of 1990s Superman from 1991 to 2001, what is commonly known among Superman fans as the Triangle Era, um, where I am reviewing it arc by arc or sometimes issue by issue. Um, please give those a read if you were at all intrigued by tonight's topic.
0: Corey, we are so honestly just given such a pleasure and an honor for you to, you are obviously an expert on this, and so, so glad to have you on the podcast. Thank you so, so, so much.
1: I've learned more than I thought I would about any DC thing ever, and also met you, so that both of those are great.
0: Perfect. Until next time, thank you so much. This is Comics Inebriated. Goodbye.
1: Goodbye. Good night. Good luck.